0: Hey Real Life Church, Stuart Crane here. Um, We're now entering our sixth Sunday of not meeting together. I hope you guys are all doing well and surviving in this lockdown living that we find ourselves in. Um, I don't know what you are doing to survive uh, at this time. I'm um, trying to do a few things just to get through on top of work and life. I've been running uh, most days, just getting out in the morning, running around the block where um, I live, uh, just to try and get out a bit. Uh, of the house, which has been great. I've been reading a little bit more, having a bit more time on my hands, kind of in the evenings, uh, without meetings to go to. Um, uh, we've been playing board games as a family. We've been trying to connect as a family and doing that, which has been really helpful, sitting around the table once a day, and talking to each other and playing, having to catch up. Um, also, I've been trying to make a phone call a day, phone someone in the church, just to have a chat, just to kind of connect. Outside what we're doing here, so I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you want to try some of those things just to help us kind of through this uh, difficult time um, together. Now, today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be starting our new sermon series on the Apostles' Creed. We've called it I Believe. Uh, I've been really excited about this, looking forward to this for a long time. The reason we're kind of doing that is um, about a year ago, um, I felt God speak to me about what our teaching would be over the next coming 12 months. Um, and I was reminded of what was the practice of the church going back maybe 100 years 150 200 years what would be normal for them was that anyone who came into the church and new convert they'd be taught three things they'd be taught um, the Ten Commandments how we live they'd be taught the Lord's Prayer how to pray and they would be taught the Apostles Creed which is what we believe as Christians and I felt kind of profoundly sort of touched by God on that and actually thought we should be doing that as a church we should look at those things so we've looked at the 10 commandments before Christmas we had free to live we've looked at the Lord's Prayer and our Teach Us to Pray series plus a few other subjects related to prayer and now we're entering kind of the third part of that sort of discipleship uh, trio of the Apostles Creed which is what we're going to be starting um, today now I recommend a book if you've got the um the update earlier in the week, this one here, if you want to get into the Apostles' Creed, this is an excellent book. I read a bunch on this subject. This is the one I thought probably was most helpful for us as a people. It's called What Christians Ought to Believe by Michael Bird. If you haven't grabbed this, grab this. They'll put a link in the description. Um, it'd be good for you to have a read of this just to get into this subject a little bit more if you want to study it a bit more. So have a look at that. Now, a little bit of background on the Apostles' Creed. It is an ancient statement of faith. Creed simply means uh, belief. So it's a statement of belief. And uh, history tells us that this dates back um, to the early church. Um, It got formalized around 200 AD, um, but stories kind of tell us it links back even further to the apostles themselves, which is how the creed gets its name. It was a summary of the teaching of the 12 disciples of Jesus, after Jesus ascended and went to heaven, the apostles, Um, that he appointed, it was a summary of their teaching, hence the name the Apostles' Creed. And this is the earliest of all the church creeds, there are many of them if you're familiar with kind of more mainline denominations and the creeds that come about. The Apostles' Creed is the earliest one and it is the one that is agreed upon by all branches of Christianity. All the different uh, kind of groups generally agree on this particular statement of faith and it was originally used, uh, history tells us, that um, when someone became a Christian and they were going to be baptised um, as a believer, a follower of Jesus, this was used as a confession, something that was spoken out by that new convert at their baptism. So they would be brought to baptism, uh, they would speak out this creed and they would be baptised in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit down in the water, out again, and that would be their kind of entry into the church. So it has deep roots in what we believe. It's been described this way, this creed, it's been described many ways, but this is some I dug up in my reading. It says it's been described as the best syllabus ever devised to teach the basics of Christian belief. The best syllabus ever devised for the teaching basic teaching of Christian beliefs. It's also been described as a bullet point summary for what Christians believe about God, Jesus, Church, and the life to come. And probably my favourite one, it's been described as a dummy's guide to Christianity, covering the major themes of faith, a dummy's guide to Christianity. It's been about, this creed has been around for centuries. It has been set to music and sung. There are even modern worship songs that take parts of this creed and put it to music. And we might have even sung some in church. They might even come up on our playlist uh, this Sunday. Have a look out for them. But what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna read the creed to you and then we're gonna talk a little bit about creeds and then we're gonna get into the study of this particular one. So it says this, the Apostles' Creed begins, seated at the right hand of the father he will come again to judge the living and the dead i believe in the holy spirit the holy catholic church the communion of saints forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting now having just read that thinking about it you see that the creed covers many aspects of our faith it covers god as trinity uh, being one god yet three persons each person fully god It has a major focus on Jesus there in the middle of the creed as our Saviour and our Lord. It covers eternity past. It covers eternity future. It covers many key doctrines in the Christian faith like creation, um, the incarnation of Jesus coming to earth, (coughs) God coming to earth as a man and being born. It covers uh, sin and redemption, us being brought out of slavery and what that means. It covers the resurrection from the dead. It covers judgment. It covers future, Jesus' return, it covers his ascension into heaven, it covers the church, it covers so many things, much of we've covered actually in our Waymaker series, key doctrines just keep coming up again and again and we need to be reminded of them, so if you've missed the Waymaker series, please check that out, uh, some of those, but this creates sums so many of those up in a very short, succinct way, and so why study this now, what's the importance of it now, bearing in mind what's happening in the world around us? Well. We live in a current situation where so much of our certainty has been stripped away. So much of things we took for granted are now gone um, and we are facing difficulties uh, that we had not expected a few months ago. With loss of finances, jobs, uh, the uncertainty of the future, even the prospect of death of yourself or a loved one through this virus that is spreading around. We find ourselves in a place uh, that none of us could have expected. And I uh, talk about the, the news, talks about an unprecedented uh, situation. And in the midst of this uncertainty, in the midst of this kind of shaken culture we find ourselves in, we need to remind ourselves of the truths of God. We need to remind ourselves what is important, really important, beyond the things of this life. We need to remind ourselves of things that cannot be shaken, that cannot be changed. And we need to look to the one who is over all. That we are facing right now, and so as we come to this ancient uh, statement of faith, in it we find truth that will help us at this time. It will fortify us. It will guard us. It will lead us through what is happening here, and hopefully out the other side in not too long a period of time. So it's vital that we look at it this time, that we're reminded of these truths, and that we can live them out and take comfort and hope in them. Now. we get into the creed I just want to look at why creeds come about what's what's the purpose of them why they come out why do we have them Um, and there's a bunch of reasons there and the first one is that they are biblical I don't know if you realize this but actually throughout our Bible we find statements of faith they are written down for us Uh, probably the most famous one you find in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6 it was called the Shema and it was something that was spoken by devout Jews Every morning and every evening. And if I read it out to you, you will probably find it familiar. It says this, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And that was a simple statement of faith uh, that the Jewish people would have proclaimed at their time in the wilderness and into the promised land. And it was a reminder of what they believed about God and they would speak it out. And if we move into our New Testament, we find bits written down there which were believed to be statements of faith used uh, by the followers of Jesus um, around that time. 1 Timothy 3.16 says this, it says, great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. Here it comes, it says, he was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory simple statement there about Jesus and what he had done. manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. Another one we find in Philippians 2, verse 5, an ancient statement, which also uh, many scholars believe was a hymn as well. It says this, you might find this familiar. Have, it, have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing. But made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has exalted him to the highest place, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Fantastic stuff. Second thing, creeds contain biblical truth and they allow us to carry it and transmit it onto others. When um, the Bible was written, there was many, um, it was an oral culture. People learnt stuff and spoke it onto others. Stuff being written down was rare. It's become very commonplace to us now. And so often what they had, they would have statements of faith that they would then learn and they would teach and pass on to others to carry on truth. We even find this in Paul's uh, Writing when he wrote to the letter in Cor- uh, wrote letter to the church in Corinth, he said this. He says in verse uh, chapter 15, He says, For I delivered to you as of first importance, was I also received. So there's the transmission of teaching there that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture, and then he appeared to Peter and then to the 12th. Um, earlier in the same letter, chapter 11, he says this again. He says, for I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you. There's that transmission of teaching. He says that the Lord, Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took the bread, and he gave, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And even now, in many mainline churches, uh, mainline denominations, those words are spoken out every time they serve the bread and the wine as their communion service. Number three, um, it clearly proclaims, we have with it clearly comp- proclaims what we believe. Have you ever been asked uh, by a friend, a family member, or a colleague, what you believe as a Christian? What, so what is it about you? What do you believe? What, what makes you different from others? Their creed is a fantastic place to start. A simple statement of faith, a clear, concise summary of what Christians believe. Going through it, you believe in God the Father Almighty, in Jesus, His one and only Son, and everything that that means, and so on and so forth. That's why we have them. Number four, it defines truth and it corrects error. When you have a statement of faith and you write it down, you create boundaries created say this is what is right this is what is not right and when something comes in you can use it you can define it um, well and the apostles creed is a simple clear concise statement of faith and what it sums up what we believe as christians it sums up what we means to be a christian what we means to believe about god who he is what it means to believe about jesus and who he is what it means to believe about the holy spirit and the church and the future all those things are there for us and the, the, um, the creed helps us Stay on trust with truth. Fifth thing, creeds give us a big picture of the biblical story, gives us an overview. If you look at that Apostle Creed, it goes right back to creation. It goes back to um, the plan for salvation in Jesus and what that means. It looks to the future and what's gonna happen in the end. He's ascended to heaven, but he is one day coming in the meantime we have the church and we have the Holy Spirit with us. All those things are there for us. Creeds are easy, number six, creeds are easy to learn and memorize. You can teach these words to a child, just like the Lord's Prayer, just like the Ten Commandments. They can be learned simply and quickly, and to speak them out may take you less than 20 seconds. But within it contains such incredible truth, so they are easy to learn and then pass on to others. Number seven, why are we at the creeds? Because it unites us with other believers all around the world. The Apostles' Creed is spoken every Sunday by hundreds, thousands, millions churches in many languages they stand together and they proclaim the faith and as we proclaim it we join ourselves with them and say there is only one church there is only one body there is only one family and we only serve one God and by stating this great um, having this statement of faith that we can all join together in it unites us as a worldwide family of the church under one head Jesus Christ. Number eight when we have statements of faith they stir our hearts to worship. As we look on them, as we dwell on them, as we think about what they mean and what they say, they should affect not just our heads with knowledge, but our hearts with worship. That we proclaim that we serve one God. He is the creator of everything and what he's created is good and marvellous. And we enjoy that, that we celebrate Jesus as his one and only son, who is our saviour. because He came to earth. As a man, he died in our place for our sins and he rose from the dead bodily. What fantastic truths, and they should stir our hearts to worship. So as we study this creed, as we look at the words and think about what they mean, they should be affecting our hearts and affecting uh, what we believe. And number nine, final thing, why we have creeds. Well, here's the great irony is we already have them. We already have them in our church. We use them all the time, even in a church like ours, which is... Not even 10 years old, we'll wait till January next year, we'll have our 10th birthday. But we use these creeds all the time. Everyone has them. They're just simple statements of faith. I've been saying since our church began, I stood up um, as the meeting leader and said to you simple things. I say, we believe that real life is about having a relationship with Jesus, following the model of Jesus and then changing our world with Jesus. I say, we believe God has called us as a people to be a large, influential, reproducing church. All they are are statements of faith. We have our own creeds here. So even if you think, oh, some of these other creeds are more mainline denominations, they're not for us in the new church. (laughs) Sorry to say that, we already have them. We've been using them since this church began. And in fact, all churches and all organisations will have their own statements of faith, their own creeds. And so we're going to be looking at the Apostles ones. A couple of quick caveats before we get into it. And that is that creeds are great. They have their place, they have their purpose, but they do not replace God's word. They do not replace scripture. Hopefully they sum up and line up with scripture. That's what we need to test them for and um, that they are a great toolbox for us, but they do not replace that. So we're gonna look at it, but we're gonna bring everything back to God's word. Uh, They are incredibly useful to us, but only to a point. And we use them with that, and then we find other things to help us. So let's dive into the creed. Now, what I wanna do is I'm just gonna look today at the first two words of the creed, which are simply, I believe. The opening statement of the creed. Now, if you read through again, actually, you'll find that those two words come up again, And then again, so it's three times these two words appear, I believe. And I want to look at kind of what these mean for us at the outset of this series. The first one, the word I, that means it's personal. That means when we say the Apostles' Creed, when we say this statement of faith, it is an individual act. It is an individual thing. We are taking responsibility personally for what we are saying, for what the words that are going to come out of our mouth. We're not trying to deflect. We're not trying to wiggle out. We're not trying to say, well, that's the other person said it over here. We're not trying to kind of duck away from it. When we say I, we own it. It's a word of ownership. It's a word of um, us taking responsibility for what's being done. It's something we are declaring for all to hear. Whether we say it quietly um, to ourselves, we declare it. Whether we say it loudly uh, and shout it out, we are still declaring it. We're declaring it to those who would hear it. We're declaring it to the unseen real principalities and powers who would also hear it. We are making statements of faith. We are owning the words that come out of our mouth with all, in of all sincerity. It is not something that someone else can say for you. It's not something that you can delegate to another person and let them say it. When you make commitments, when you make statements, you own Those words, and when we say the creed, we are owning it for ourselves, which means that we should not enter this lightly. We should weigh every word that comes out of our mouths. We should be careful about every word that comes out of our mouth, the Bible says. And when we are saying the Apostles' Creed, we have thought carefully about what they are, but we are proclaiming truth to God, to the principalities around us, to the world around us, saying this is what we are taking ownership, and what we are taking responsibility for and this is similar to uh, what it meant for you when you became a christian what it meant for me when i became a christian um, no one else could say those prayers for me no one else could make those commitments for me i had to do it i had to own it i had to come to jesus myself i had to come to him in prayer i had to come to him and acknowledge my sin my rebellion my failure my disobedience my uh, moral kind of corruption that I had before Him, the thought, the things that I'd done that were wrong, the things that I hadn't done that I should have done, the things I said, the things I did, the things I thought that no one else knew about but I knew about. I had to come before God myself and confess them. I had to speak them out and say, "I have sinned and fallen short of Your glory." I had to repent myself. I had to turn away from my old way of life, turn away from living the way I wanted to live, and then turn towards the way. Jesus would have me live to towards towards him, to follow him. I had to come to him myself and say, you, I need you to be my Lord and savior. I need you to save me from my sins. I need you to cleanse me from this corruption I have in you. I need you to make me new, cause me to be born again. I need you to declare me not guilty. I need you to take my place as you did on the cross. I need to be in you. I need you to forgive me. I need you to be my savior and be my Lord. And so when we became Christians, if you're a Christian listening to this, this is what you did you took personal responsibility and so when we say the Apostles Creed and we start with that word I we're doing the same thing we're taking responsibility for what comes next and that brings us to the second word believe which is all about faith it's all about what we are trusting in and what we are putting our hope in and uh, in kind of defining that faith I want to just talk about four things what it means when you say I believe it's me personally I believe. What does that look like? Well, the first thing is it's a, it's a, an agreement. I'm agreeing with what comes next. What I'm speaking out to you, what these words I am saying, I agree with them. I agree. I believe they are true um, and I, 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 I'm behind them. You can't say I believe and then start to say something that is a lie or untrue. That just doesn't scan. That doesn't make sense. That is deceitful. So when we start the creed and say, I believe, we're speaking out something that we agree with, something that we have thought about and that we assent to. And we say, yes, I am right behind this thing. The second thing is we're saying that we trust the words that we find in the creed. We are trusting it. Not only do I agree with it, but I trust it. I have confidence in what is being said. I have confidence in that truth. I am confident that what I am speaking out was the truth that was taught by the apostles, that it was the truth of the men who walked with Jesus all those years and been personally taught by him and then had the responsibility then to transmit that truth to the nations. Jesus gave his people that command, go into all the nations, teach them everything I've commanded you. And I'm trusting that actually that is what I am speaking out in the creed, that those men took those words, they passed them on to others who then taught others, they wrote it down. We have, um, our New Testament and out of that we have this creed that says this is the truth about God and I trust it. I am behind it. I believe this is what God would would have me know. This is the truth that he has revealed to me. The third thing is a commitment. So I agree with it. I trust it but I am committed to it. It is not something that I am just mentally assenting to and say yep I agree with it but it's over there. This is something that I am taking a personal commitment in our lives. Reminder that this was uh, originally used as a confession that people took at their baptism that people spoke that out and so there was a commitment built into what it meant that i am going to take the truth that i'm speaking and it means something to my life and i'm going to commit my life to following it and living it out in the world around us i'm going to commit myself to a life of service i'm going to commit myself to a life of sacrifice i'm going to commit my life uh, to following Jesus, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how uncomfortable it gets, no matter how much it puts me in opposition to the world and its uh, its processes and its worldview, no matter what it puts um, opposition against friends or family who may disagree with me, I am committing to the truth behind this. And the last thing it means is obedience. So we agree with it, we trust it, we're committed to it, but we're going to... We're going to obey the implications of what it says. When it says that um, there is one God, we're going to obey what that means in our life. It's going to affect our life. That He's Creator. That He came to Earth. That He died in our place. That He has a commitment, um, uh, sorry, on our life. That He um, has authority over us. We're going to trust and obey when He says this is right. I'm going to believe it's right. When He says this is wrong, I'm going to believe wrong he says do this I'm going to do it when he says don't do that I'm going to do that I'm going to submit to his authority I'm going to submit my home I'm going to submit my family I'm going to submit my finances I'm going to submit my working practices and life and what I do with my leisure and my off time I'm going to submit them all to him because I want to be obedient and so when we start out looking at this creed and we say those two simple words I believe there is a huge amount that wraps up they're not just simple words that just trip off the tongue, cheap words that we can say and then just you know speak out whatever we want. We are making a firm commitment to the words that follow, and those words that follow have an implication on our life, have implication on our practices, have implication on every area of our life. There's nothing that's kind of off limits to us in that. And as we get next week, we're gonna kind of get into the first sort of phrase. Of it looking at God the Father Almighty Creator of heaven and earth what that means but this week I want us just to dwell on that what it means to be that committed to the truth that we are going to study and finally a little bit of application for you we're in lockdown living now what can we do this coming week to kind of help us get ready get into this learn a little bit more thing I just two things I want to throw out with you as we finish the first one is I'd love you to read the Creed out daily. Read the Apostles' Creed out daily. Write it down somewhere. Uh, if you've got a printer, print it out and stick it up on your uh, cupboard where your breakfast cereal is and you can read it in the morning. Better yet, write it down on a piece of paper on a note. You're more likely to kind of get into it if you have to write it. Stick it up somewhere. Practice saying it out loud, speaking it out. Uh, why don't you even try memorizing it so you just know it by heart once you've learnt it, and then speak it around your house. If you live with others, why don't you try learning it together? If you've got kids, teenagers in the house, teach them. Practice together as a family. Get get on, uh, get into it, and, and make it something that you are. You aren't just you aren't just kind of reading, but actually something that's getting into your heart, and you know it. How about this for a lockdown challenge? Why don't you try learning the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, and the Ten Commandments all by heart? That you have those kind of tools for life to know how to live how to pray and what we believe as Christians that will take us through this lockdown period but on into life outside it let the truth of what's in those words stir your heart and minds to worship to actually think actually when you you're, you're speaking out what comes in it, and your heart feels said, stop praise God thank him for all he's done what He's revealed to himself as father we've revealed to himself in Christ the fact that we have the Holy Spirit now we're part of the church we've been forgiven there's a future coming that is secure for us. Let the words of this creed kind of infect you this week. Second thing i love you to do is to read the book. Get hold of the book. You can order it online, find somewhere where it's cheap, get it delivered to your house, and read it. Read it. Challenge you to do that. Um, I'm finding in this period there's a little bit more time on our hands in the evening, a little bit more time in the day, even though there's still the busyness of life. Why have a go at reading that book? If you live with someone, why do not you try reading it together? Read it out to each other. If you're not such a good reader yourself, you can find someone to help you do that. Um, Why don't you form a group within your life group? Grab a couple of people and say, why don't we read a chapter, meet up, discuss it online, whether it's in a WhatsApp group, Zoom meeting, whatever works for you. Even just a phone call. Just say, hey, I've read this, you've read this. What kind of jumped out to you? What jumped out to me? Let's take some time to get into this. I'm going to leave that there leave those challenges with you. Um, I'm gonna pray now to finish, um, and then we're gonna end our time together. So maybe you just wanna close your eyes with me and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna say, Lord Jesus, I wanna thank you for these ancient truths we find in these creeds given to us down through the ages, down through the, the early church to us now. We thank you for the truth contained in there. We thank you that it unites us as believers what it means to be a follower of you the truth about who you are what you've done what this life means and what the future holds lord god i pray for us uh, to have our hearts open as we study this creed over the next few weeks as we look into it Um, i pray now god you protect us over the weeks and months to come in this lockdown living season we're in Uh, lord jesus i pray that your truth would come to us you would stir our hearts to worship and we would go deeper with you lord god we pray Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Uh, Build your church in this place so that many more may come and know you for themselves. Amen. All right, we've done that. If you've missed some of the other videos, they should appear on the screen around me. Please catch up on those. And the last thing I've got to say is uh, wash your hands and stay close to Jesus.